You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. And welcome, folks, to another week. Yes, the weeks are flying in. It is in the middle of the year. We're having fun. We're enjoying the world all looking out of our little pods and thank god parts of america is opening and hopefully then the rest of the countries around the world will see what's happening and make changes embracing change you know is very important in our life and i have a great man here today uh, based in the states it's sean mcbride uh, Sean talks about freedom and about capitalism and how things are evolving within the business world as well to, um, you could say, make a book or make a change or, you know, be consciously aware of how you do things. Sean, how are you? Welcome to Dublin South FM. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to the chat. And yeah, it's an interesting time. Obviously, a lot has uh, transpired in the last I guess it's 14, 15 months now. The clock keeps extending, you know, on how long the uh, the COVID things have been around and how it's impacting society. Uh, it's obviously different impacts in different parts of the world, as you and I were talking a little bit of pre-show. But yeah, it, it's interesting. And I think, you know, what we're seeing and I think what got us introduced was talking about bringing freedom and using our freedom uh in this world and there are business opportunities being created for for those that are freedom loving uh here in the u.s we're really dividing and i think you know internationally we're seeing it too so you've got the freedom loving camp and then you've got another camp who's very much you know government control very much once you know kind of everything centralized and uh that battle's going on but i think there's still a lot of opportunity out there for the freedom loving people freedom loving people you know the 60s was the freedom loving that was a twist and a change mm -hmm. in in society and you know we are now probably entering a, another big shift in the world as well and that's been brought on um out of a pandemic out of a COVID, which then brought us into lockdown which then made everybody question everything what the hell was going on and Absolutely. i think i think people are realizing it's you know, there's controls being put in. I'll, I'll, I'll see if this is going on in the States as well with yourself. When this was happening, everyone was going, oh my God, you know, this is going to bring great change uh, because mm -hmm. everyone was getting, there was compassion, there was empathy. People were, you know, building with their communities and they were going, great, this this could change because everyone was sick to death. Everyone was fed up with it, you know, what was going on. Yeah. But it brought change, but it's brought more control. It's taken away liberties. You know, it's indoctrinating, trying to indoctrinate our children into a new way of life, which could be wrong. And I think there's an old guard who are kind of going, hold on here. I smell a rat. I smell a rat. And let's make change. And probably this is the next 10 years is going to probably be quite amazing and a great time to live as well. Great time to live. Yeah. And that's definitely what we're seeing here in the States, right? There's uh you know, there's definitely a faction that wants to control everything, lock it down, you know, and put the government in the center and try to centralize everything. And then a lot of people who hold the kind of traditional American values, which, you know, democratic values and the idea of having freedom and liberty and everybody having a free voice and forming a society that way are saying, hey, what we're doing is fundamentally destroying what we've built this, at least what we've 
believe we built this country and this nation on and a lot of the other democracies in the world are built on, which is the idea that all of us can, you know, have a voice and all of us can come to a collective answer. And what we're seeing more and more is it seems like certain people have just taken control and they're like, well, don't, you know, don't question us. We've got control. And, you know, if you're questioning us, then you're part of the problem and you're not part of the answer, which, you know, feels anti-democratic. So we, uh, question us, question are you a conspiracy theorist questioning me how dare you how dare you yeah the the, the level of questioning is just it's unbelievably low right the government officials don't want to be questioned they have these policies they say they're good uh you can't ask for the data uh here in the u.s we have systems whereby we're supposed to be able to request information from the government. We call it Freedom of Information Act at the federal level and their state level, similar laws where you're supposed to be able to write to your government and say, give me the information, give me your records. Let's take a look at what you're doing. Uh, and what we found is during the pandemic, a lot of government agencies have gotten very slow and very uh, delayed in getting this information out if they get it out at all. So uh, the idea of citizens being able to watch their government uh, independently, which is what these laws were based on originally, are it's not working, and that makes people, you know, makes people like myself say, "What's really going on here? Why won't you show us what you're doing?" Right? If everything's great and you're doing a great job, then you wouldn't mind showing it to us, and we can take a look at it, right? Uh, but you know, that's that's one of the things is raising people's questions, and then of course, you know, the common label is conspiracy theorist, right? If you're asking mm-hmm. questions and you're not just going along with whatever the official government releases then a lot of times they want to put you in this category of yeah, a conspiracy theorist or a separatist or uh, not really you know terrorist that uh, we've heard that label attached you know you're a domestic terrorist if you're questioning what the government's doing uh, where i think these a lot of people just they love the country they just want to know and they want to be able to check it and say are you doing the right thing maybe there's another perspective isn't, isn't it very childish that it's thrown out as you know, conspiracy. And if people looked up what the definition of conspiracy meant and of what it boils down to is questioning things. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, have we lost uh, the run of ourselves that we are no longer lateral thinkers? We are just core thinkers plodding along, being told what to do. And if you step out of line, um, you're you're called an idiot and a fool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's been a couple articles here in the U.S. Uh, one came out, I don't know, six months ago, and it's kind of the tone of what's been going on. It said, basically, you shouldn't question experts in their areas of expertise, which, you know, that that's, sounds good on its face, right? I mean, if somebody's what? the expert in something, right, you you listen to them. But if they're, if what they're saying doesn't make sense or if it's politically motivated or it's based on conflicts of interest or it's just not well thought out, uh, you do need to question it, right? That's part of a democratic society. Obviously, all of us can't be an expert in everything, but we can at least know whether it makes sense. And of course, a lot of the decisions being made are multidimensional decisions, right? I mean, a lot of these decisions are being based on public health. Let's not spread a disease. And I understand that, and that, that there's definitely, I mean, who, you know, nobody wants more people to get sick, but you're so focused on the metric of who has COVID that you're not thinking about who's getting depression, you know, who's committing suicide, which we yeah, have lots the of the elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah, there's these big collateral consequences, and these experts are so focused on one dynamic, 
you know, they're not thinking about what does this mean for children developmentally, right? The kids that can't go to school or the kids that have to go to school and wear a mask eight hours a day, you know, are these going to have long-term repercussions? And these are open questions, but they don't even want to be asked the question, you know? It's it's the same here, Sean. Yeah. You know, I I call it the elephant in the room, you know, the amount of suicides, the amount of depression. You know, I, I said at the very beginning of this that poverty will do more damage during lockdown than COVID yep. will ever do, you know. Um, and right. just what you're saying there about governments, you know, I've just I've come up with a great slogan, the new world government. And yeah. then their slogan is, if we want your opinion, we'll give it to you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so it's, it feels like where we're going, right? You know, that's, that's the phrase that comes up here a lot of the U.S. I'm sure you're seeing it too, the new world order, you know, and there's been talk for a long time about trying to reorganize and kind of centralize power. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a theory, right? That's not a truism, but the government a lot of times treats it as a truism. Like this is the direction we're headed. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't want to question whether, um, you know, we should have independence and whether we should have that. I mean, I'm a very international person. I love traveling to other countries. I love talking to people in other countries. I mean, this is an international show we're recording right here. And that's great. But at the same time, you know, you kind of have to respect boundaries too, right? Um, you know, let us take care of our country. You take care of your country. We celebrate each other and what we've accomplished. But uh, this idea that we're all going to do everything together in some somebody that I don't even know who it is is going to make decisions for the entire world. You know, that seems like a lot of centralized peril. It seems like it has some very scary consequences. It's called AI. Yeah, know, exactly. Quantum financial system and AI. They yeah. got it in China the last 10 years. It's got the stamp of approval. And here's $1 billion for your country to have it. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah, China has exerted a lot of world power, you know, and I've, uh, you know, I paid. I started paying attention to that years ago, particularly with the AI, the tracking systems. You know, we started. Have, we had some tracking systems here in the U.S. that I've talked about on other shows, and you know, China kind of you know is leading the world in that. But yeah, they're trying to install this internationally, right? They want to know. Um, there's even reports that the Chinese are collecting data from the Americans. You know, our health data and stuff. So we're, we're just going into some mass database. That, who knows what they're doing with it? Um, but these are quite some questions that need to be asked. Like, why is this happening and why are we talking about it? Do you know, it could be all true that if you or me one day bring our dogs for a walk and a black van drives past and we are never seen again, we just tell everyone we are in a training camp. Exactly. Re-education, as they call it. Yes. We've been re-educated. Yes. yes. Uh, I want to be a Stafford wife if they send me back on it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's just scary to think about, but you know, it, it's it's happening in China, right? I mean, there, there's very strong report, very strong reports that they're doing that to millions of people in China. Well, they've done it in Hong uh, Kong. They dressed everyone into a dress, put everyone into vans, and headed them off. That people were, you know, fighting what was coming on in Hong Kong, and that's very sad for Hong Kong because you know there was a rule made a hundred years ago that that country would be given back to China. But, you know, mm. there was generations, the kids there, the people in their 20s don't want to live under a regime. They want yeah. life as they knew it. So we make decisions now not thinking about the future. Like I'm saying on, on, on my show a lot is 
ask the young people, why is no one asking the 20 year olds and, you know, the 18 year olds, 20, early 30s? Why are we not asking them? Why are we in our late 40s, 50s, 60s making decisions for these people? You know, because no. they're the ones that are going to, they're the ones that are going to take us out of this really and truly. They are. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. I mean, that we're handing it off and that's one of the big problems with, you know, a lot of the debt and the other things that we've done. Right. I mean, a lot of people talk about the fact, you know, we saddled the younger generation with huge amounts of debt, particularly these super government programs that have been built around COVID, et cetera. Um, and we're just handing it off to it. We're just going to say, here's a pile of debt, go deal with it. Uh, especially with a generation that's already stressing over, over, you know, lifestyle expenses, you know, the fact things cost more than they used to, you know, here in the U S there's debate whether the younger generation will have as good of a lifestyle as their parents because of all the expenses and the way society has shifted. Um, so you're right. I mean, we, we it's a multi-generational issue. We need to come up with answers across the generations. Uh, the one thing I fear for some of the younger generations is, you know, what's going on within our educational system, which is, you know, like you say, they're being taught, you know, here's here, listen to this, do this. <laughs> And not think about the fundamental principles and the systems and the reasons why things happen. Um, I'm watching that particularly with COVID, right? I mean, a lot of people are having reports, you know, the children are just being told, you know, wear your mask and do this and, and take your shot. And, you know, everything's being dictated to them and they're not talking about either side of it. It's not a decision. It's just a, it's an order or it's an, or it's a instruction. I believe what is happening, and a lot of people might disagree, that we're creating subservient uh, adults. You know, our education system is built around the industrialist age, you know, and, and then, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're getting in and now we're we're evolving into who knows what. We we have a road, you know, we can go left or right, and that's the choice of, of the sovereign people of each country to make that decision. But our mm -hmm. children are you know, in this situation that, are, you know, we're setting fear into these, you know, I, I, I'm saying that if you have kids wearing masks in school, you know, you're, you're teaching them something, your school is not about, it's not just about education. It's about self-expression. It's about confidence. You know, it's, it's about communication and these muzzles that are going on them is unnecessary because they're getting them to wear in school. They're outside playing the playground. They leave school. They're hanging with each other. Like it's a mind crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of question about that, right? And you know, what is it? You know, you you, you can't see the other, you can't see each other's expressions through the mask, right? Us adults even struggle with that when you go to the store and you're trying to have a conversation with somebody with a mask on. Uh, for children developmentally, you know, a lot of psychologists say that's very important, you know, to see each other's expression yeah. and to have yeah. that connection. And you're right. Um, yeah, here in the U.S., and I, I guess this is probably filtered throughout the world, apparently, you know, six foot separation, you know, six foot is about, you know, three meters or whatever separate. And then, you know, suddenly now they go back and they're like, well, you know, we pulled that number from some study in the 1930s from some other virus. And really, it didn't have to be six foot. You know, it should have been maybe three foot. Right. Well, you know, they just that's the thing. Right. Because nobody questioned it. Somebody you know, early on in COVID said that the right separation is six feet and everybody started separating six feet and nobody questioned it. And now the same thing with the masks, particularly with the children, because, you know, children seem to have a very low 
you know, occasionally you'll have a, a extreme case, but most children are not affected by this disease in any great way. Right. Um, and so we're asking them to take extreme measures now up to including potentially vaccination for what purpose? It's not for their benefit. Right. The, the only reason you're doing this to children potentially is to maybe help adults. And that's a real moral question. Right. Do you impose on children to potentially confer a minor benefit to adults? Uh, nobody's asking that question, or very few people are. I know well, some are, but not, not many. But there is, you know, there's a lot of people here to asking questions, but they yeah. can't get these questions to the authority to the, because yes. they've basically put up a wall. And a lot of the mainstream media over here is, you know, I never thought of, but they're like the propaganda machine for the for the government. Mm-hmm. So there's this barrier, and this barrier then is feeding out this garbage and people are going, this doesn't make sense. But no one is questioning. There's no debate. There's no, you know, so what's happened? Citizen journalists over here have opened up online, have Mm. running, you know, all Telegram, Twitter, all these. And people are getting more information now outside mainstream media and they're getting it instant. Because they're speaking to people who was at that building or was outside mm-hmm. that shop and it's coming on right away. And mainstream media will try and write about it a week later. And stuff that they'll write about is skewed compared yes. to picking up all the stuff, you know, 20 people there, record it, you make your own analysis. And I think that's great that citizen journalists now is showing the truth. And as that right. moves on, moves on. The, the, the powers of B, the bigger and all, are trying harder to control things and are making a complete show of themselves. And that's what I think is the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah, I think we're seeing more of that here too, right? And there there is definitely an element of that, which is, you know, yeah, people, a lesson people should have been taught in school. And I know, you know, our generation probably got that, but you know, some other you know, younger generation probably weren't taught, you know, you don't just believe in authority because they're an authority. You got to check their sources and their biases and their reasons for saying what they're saying before you just, you know, say, accept everything they say, right? Your sources are important. And of course, the most important sources are direct information, which that has been a wonderful side of the technology is a lot of times now we can see the raw video. We can see what happened. We can you know, talk to somebody who's been affected by COVID or, you know, somebody who had a family member affected or whatever, we can get direct information. A lot of us are in that role, either as citizen journalists or consumers of information where we now have to go directly to get the information. And I think there are a growing number of people that are going to that level. They're saying, look, I can't listen to this propaganda machine. I don't believe what they're saying. I need to question. I need to get my own information. But it's hard because, you know, now you have to find new sources of information and a lot of people are busy, you know, parents and, you know, parents in particular, you know, people that are working jobs, people are trying to make ends meet during this, this situation are, you know, often struggling with time. And now you've got to go do more work because you can't just believe the media. You can't accept their summaries for what they are. You have to go through and look deeper and say, is this true? Do I trust them? Are they telling me the right things for the right reasons? You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. Capitalism. 
You know, yeah. it, it's fair feeding is is the name of the game. Yeah. Fact checkers, people are now reason that a lot of fact checkers are full of shit. Yeah. You know, they're actually just lying as well. But what I look, one thing that I've I've sort of hit me the last couple of days is in business. If you have mm-hmm. a team of people in business and you give them a project, right? Yes. You will then work on that project. They'll work on that project. You will check in every so often to see how are they getting on. How's the mm-hmm. project? Are they right? Uh, are they on the right level? Are they? Yes. You know, so we're we're checking on this, and there's one thing that we give to people at the moment, which is the most precious item within our life, and we don't even check to see is are they teaching, educating, helping everything and what i mean is that we're giving our children into schools and we're trusting for them just to educate look after and when they come home we'll ask them how's their day we'll check a bit of their homework we'll give them their ipad if that was a company you wouldn't let another employee look at that project without you checking in regularly to see how that project was going because your business would go under but we allow that to happen to our children. Am I, do you understand the analogy? Oh, yeah. um, Absolutely. You know, and I will tell you that is starting to shift here in the U.S. Same um, here. Same here. I don't, I don't know how it is in Ireland, but here, you know, every parents generally have the option to homeschool their children. There is an increasing number of parents that are taking their kids out and it's causing them tremendous difficulties and stress for a lot of them because, you know, now you not only have to run a household, but you also have to be a teacher. Um, it got a little extreme. We've talked about how extreme some of the government measures have gotten, and you wonder why. But um, there were certain school districts uh, when they were doing the at-home learning and teaching kids over the computer. And the U.S. is now mixed. You know, some school districts are doing it over the computer. Some got people going in uh, in person. But one of these school districts, when they were doing the over the computer stuff, told the parents that they weren't allowed to watch their children being educated. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes you, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, you yeah, your head yeah, like yeah. Your kids in your house on the computer talking to their teacher, and they're making you sign something saying you, the parent, aren't going to watch something what you're doing. Doesn't sound right. Something doesn't, doesn't add up, right? Yeah, A lot of this just yeah. doesn't pass that general, you know, smell test. It doesn't make sense. Like something's not right here. Um, so that's caused a lot of people to question it here. And yeah, a lot of people in the U.S. are now saying, you know, do I want my children there? You know, what are they teaching my kids? What are they telling them every day? You know, and what are they coming home uh, learning? Uh, and, you know, uh, Washington, D.C., the U.S., Washington, D.C. is kind of an interesting area. It has its own government, you know, for the people that live in Washington, D.C., which is about 700 and some thousand people. And they actually now passed a law saying that children 11 years of age and up can, after talking to their teacher and their school nurse or whatever, make their own decisions on whether they want to get uh, vaccines and other medical interventions. And they'll mask the information so the parents don't find out. You know, they, they won't send the parents any notices Would or you updates. you like a donut? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> donut. <laughs> yeah okay right. and it really makes you wonder why 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 are these 11 year olds not allowed to go home and talk to their parents and why are they going to hide from the parents well here's one for you sean yeah you know if you're building um a platform and you know if you want to give that platform as much data as possible you mm-hmm. need you know multiple programmers 
you need storage, which is colossal. And you need a team to be able to shove all that information into that bucket. And when it overspills, okay. I'm talking about Seesaw. When COVID was coming in, Seesaw was ready and it was there to take all the schools, all the classrooms and educate them just overnight. And what I'm trying to get at is if people understand software and understand programming, the amount of people, teams, data that would have been needed to take that on is billions, right? And Mm -hmm. this thing was ready to rock and roll the minute COVID came on to take it on. That, That, for me, that kind of made me, hang on, this is something that was ready that wasn't needed. But as suddenly when COVID came in, it appeared and it was, da-da, we're here. And I was yeah. questioning that. I was going, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't make sense. It does make you wonder, yes. I mean, because you're right. I mean, that's the traditional path of software development is you develop something small, you know, a kernel of the main program and you get it out there. And, you know, the, you know, the common thing to say these days is minimal viable product, right? You put something out there and it's, it's probably usually not great when you start with software, usually just something that does something that somebody else's software doesn't do. Fix the bugs as you go. And then you fix the bugs, you build it, you add features as your users give you feedback. You very, you know, you don't see software come out fully ready to go out of the box and ready to deploy. No, all look, it just I, doesn't I, I, and I know that because I've worked in a software bespoke house for eight years. Yeah. And I knew, you know, the amount of people that we had, the amount of programmers that we had, and the software was dealing with a small amount of users, you know, a couple of, yeah. you know, under 5,000 users, but the amount of time and effort. So you're talking about every school, every student, every teacher being able to load video instantly and load and all the data. And you're kind of going, hmm. That's, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, look at something like Facebook, right? I mean, it's something a lot of people have touched in their lifetime, right? And and those of us been on Facebook for a little while know, I mean, you know, 10, five years ago, eight years ago, Facebook didn't have nearly the features it had now, you know? And when they first put video on Facebook, bugs, bugs, bugs. And that's the normal trajectory of software, right? So, yeah, if somebody comes out with a polished software program out of left field, it really should raise a flag of what happened. Like like what we're doing here in Ireland, we've created airfree, and that's A-E-I-R-E, free.social. And that is a platform for people that are sick with Facebook and sick with all these, and it's not censored. And yes. we're getting people, you know, there's a team of us, getting people into that and it's like a breath of fresh air. There's no one looking at your data and knowing that, you know, suddenly a pair of shoes appeared that you thought about five minutes ago. Right. Oh my God. And yeah, it's it's a safe place for people that are sick of all this, sick of it. And that's, you know, getting on to our, you know, our next subject is that's really the freedom opportunity that's coming out of this, that I think there's the, as you said in the very beginning, Sean, there's the people who, you know, want lockdown, want masks, want us all to be in control. And then there's a new blossom of people going, screw yous. I only want to deal with companies that, you know, I don't need to wear a mask to walk in, who believe in freedom, who believe in expression. And this this is a whole new industry which is growing and developing. And I think it's going to be amazing because the other stuff is only will work if you consent. 
and let the people consent and let's have the other people who want freedom in their business. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, that's how you and I got introduced. I did a piece on that the other day on my show. And yeah, exactly. There are people that are just walking with their dollars or walking with their feet and saying, I don't want to deal with these businesses that want to repress us, that want to hold us back, that want to, you know, make us wear masks in unnecessary locations and, you know, really be dictatorial. We want to go do commerce with people who get it, um, that don't require, you know, us to wear masks outside and don't require us to, you know, put in artificial distancing that doesn't have any medical basis to it, et cetera. So yeah, it's opening up a whole new world and I'm watching this happen. There's a lot of people that are looking to do business with other freedom oriented people and, you know, your social media site. I mean, I think that's a great example of that. And when, you know, we've got some of them trying to emerge here in the U S and hopefully we'll get some leaders developing here that we can all kind of coalesce around uh, because yeah, there's a market there. People want, the core services, right? They want to do commerce with each other, uh, but they don't want all the political nonsense and all the, uh, you know, hand-holding and extra pieces, at least a portion of the market, right? There's part of the market that, yes, they want everything to be protected. They want to go to these places that are, you know, taking every precaution possible. There's another part of the market that's saying, hey, let's get something more balanced, something more reasonable, uh, that we that we respond to. And so, yeah, I'm watching this split happen. And I think it's creating great opportunities for entrepreneurs that want to jump into it because they can say, hey, I can create something. And there's a market that's looking. They want to spend their money with freedom-loving people. Do you think the market, you know, in the beginning, there was the market where there was the companies who were developing the, you know, the test and developing the masks and do you think those mm-hmm. guys now who would have those entrepreneurs that were de- developing all that will kind of go, holy God, let's, hey, let's just push that to the side We've, and, and let's go after this market or will they stay on that side of defense in the, in oh, the, the controlled issue? I think it depends on the, the company and the person, you know, I mean, I have, I think of one of my, one of my business friends and, you know, he jumped heavily into the protective equipment when it first happened. Like he's, you know, him and his team started working the phone and they got goods to hospitals, right? Because there are hospitals that desperately needed masks, that needed gowns, that needed all the different things. And they, you know, got people to, you know, Asia or wherever else they could get it from. And they got the stuff sourced and they got it delivered, right? So they were uh, kind of helping the system, but they were doing it on an entrepreneurial level. They were seeing a market need, market needed uh, PPE, personal protective equipment distributed. And they said, okay, we'll get this stuff distributed. Uh, and they pushed it. Right. So, um, that's, that's part of it. So I think there's part of that market that, you know, has been serving the market need, you know, for the infrastructure, for, for kind of the governmental control side that might say, Hey, there's a big market here on the freedom side, let's jump over there. And then I think there's a lot of people who are just feeling underserved, you know, and that's always an opportunity is when you have a market need, uh, people aren't being served in the way they want uh, by existing structures. That's an opportunity for something new. And, you know, there is a growing number of people who don't feel served by a lot of the big businesses that don't feel like uh, they can, you know, engage in commerce the way they want to. So there's a whole opportunity there to go serve those people and help them. Right. And especially as, more and more freedom-oriented people get blocked from social media platforms and get turned away from other businesses. Those people still have money and they still want to engage in commerce. So now it's an opportunity to cater to them. It's a whole new market that's developing. I did a show on 
censorship about Twitter and censorship. And I mm-hmm. posted up on Twitter and I got suspended. Touche. But there's it is, right? I know that governments and I know that mainstream is saying the control is growing, right? Mm-hmm. And the freedom loving people is small. And what I've noticed is that the, the, the people that control and we're doing this and that number is still the same amount of voices and they're the same crew of people still talking, okay, since the last, yeah. since 2020. They haven't, new people haven't come in. There's no one left. It's the same section of people in every country all around the world. But the freedom part is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at posts online where a newspaper or TV will post something on social media, you'll see all the abuse and the, the get lost and all. Where at the beginning, people were going, oh, great. And you know there's a shift. But mainstream and governments are saying, no, everyone is on board. And they're not. No one is on board. But is the entrepreneur frightened to go, I'm going to take a chance here and just work with, you know, they're getting one thing from mainstream, they're getting one thing in the paper saying we're all on lockdown. Are they frightened to go, I'm, oh, you know what, I'm only going to serve people that aren't going into this and take that chance. Do you think there's a fair element to do that, to cross that Rubicon or, you know? I, I, I'm watching more and more people do it. You know, and part of this is your opinion of how strong do you think this is going to be in the future? I, I think that this is a growing and continuing trend. I think we're going to continue to have attention, you know, between the, the that, la, that that large organized group that is very about centralized control and the small and the, the growing group, as you say, about freedom. And I think that tension personally, I think it's going to continue. Um, if you believe, like I do, that that's a fundamental shift that's happening, you know, time to get ahead of it is now, right? The time to embrace it is now. Um, if you don't think it's going to last, then you're right. It's scary to jump into it because, you know, if you jump into labeling yourself as being a freedom-oriented business and protecting freedom and want to work with other people who embrace freedom, now you've categorized yourself and maybe alienated that that organized cluster of people that have been so noisy and dominant with the media. But if you think that this is a long-term trend, now's your chance to get in early, label yourself and start growing your business. So yeah, part of what you got to do is you got to make a decision, you know, is this real or is it not? Um, you know, and that's, that's part of the reality of being an entrepreneur and being in business, right? Sometimes we got to look at trends and we got to make an educated guess of where we think things are going. Um, I, I think this, I think this, this is more than a trend, Sean. Yeah. I think that because, this is from a political level, you know, trends in the last, you know, the bell curve trends you know, right. in the last 30, 40 years. This is this is different. This is going to take a while to work out. Yes. And this is a fundamental uh, viewpoint of the world. Right. I mean, do we have centralized experts that you know make our decisions for us or do we have, you know, freedom and independence and input and getting to solutions? I believe that that's where we're at. I think we're having that fundamental shift which means it stays around for a while, which means it's an opportunity to jump into it. But you know what happens um, if you get it wrong? You grow a mustache and change your name. That's an opportunity. That's getting harder and harder these days. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon.
the truth is, you know, I mean, that is the reality of business world. I mean, I think anybody who's been successful has had different business models, different marketing programs, different strategies they've tested. They don't always work. Um, but you go back with the lessons and the network you built and the relationships you have. And if you're doing it the right way, every step takes you the right way. And I'll tell you on this freedom front, there's a lot of good business people. There's a lot of smart people. There's a lot of good talent, which are feeling underappreciated and underserved right now. So to the extent you're looking to work with other people, to find customers, uh, to find vendors, there's opportunities right now because there is this kind of alienated group of people that you can build with that are saying, hey, the, the, this is not working for me. I want to work with like-minded people. So it, it creates it creates a natural connection uh, very early in the business process. Uh, just you're kind of band, you're band together in this fight. Yeah, grassroots. Yeah. I, I think people need to be brave. I think people need to sort of look out for the alternative and speak their mind. And I think there's that case of people, you know, seeing people saying, I'll do anything for my children. But then they're frightened to send a letter to the school, you know, and there's there's this other element of it that people want change and they need leaders. They need leaders to go, right, I, I'm raising my hand and doing this. Yeah, and I, I believe, you know, we started talking about numbers and the quantity of people, right? The growing number of people for freedom, you know, this established block of centralist or control oriented people. Uh, my belief is there's a lot of people in the middle that really, really favor the freedom side. They're just afraid to jump. And what we've been seeing here in the U.S., and I bet you're seeing it there in Europe, too, because we've been kind of watching across the pond. You know, as more and more people get noisy about freedom and start saying something's not right, people start coming out of that silent group and joining what it feels like a safer and safer group because it's getting bigger and bigger and it's getting more and more mainstream. So, you know, I don't know when that magic tipping point is, but at some point, a lot of people are going to come out of the shadows and they're going to say, yeah, I knew it all along. It wasn't right, but I was afraid to speak up because, you know, I, I didn't want my kid thrown out of school or I didn't want to lose my job or whatever. So there's, there's, there's this group in the middle, I think, that really understand the issue they understand that freedoms are being imposed upon, but they're afraid to jump out because they're, they don't want to get singled out. Uh, but the more of us that get into the movement and start spreading the word, the safer it becomes for them to jump out. It's like in the JFK Nixon battle, mm -hmm. nobody ever admitted that they voted for Nixon. Yeah. It was a close race, but no one, everyone now today voted for JFK. Is that what's happening? That, these people are on the fence. And then when this explodes and the freedom, the growth, people expressing you know, who they are, people will go, yeah, I, was, I wasn't going with that other thing at all. <laughs> I knew all along I was just waiting. I knew all yeah. along I was just waiting. I was just yeah. biting my time. And that, yeah. Yeah, and that, that may you still well have your be... mask on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, I read that all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that may be one of these things. We may be a couple of years in the future looking backwards and everybody says, oh, yeah, we always knew that those government people were lying to us and that they weren't giving us the whole information. And we were just kind of biding our time waiting. But we knew. I think that may be the tone of what we hear in the future. Well, I've noticed what's happening as well. There's a lot of people 
like we do it for for one of the other business, not business, one of the other educational information that we do. We put up, um, we put up donations, and we seem to be there's that trend of people wanting to support good quality information for what they're getting, um, and that's you know that's the very much grassroots you're seeing as well. And I'm saying to people, I said, look, I can be wrong. I I could be saying stuff here, and I could be totally wrong. But I would rather be wrong and keep on doing this than do nothing and in 10 years' time go, damn, why didn't I do something? So even when people may laugh or snigger or think you're a loony for doing it, I'm happy with that because I feel I'm being that safeguard that's going to protect them and their children. It's not political. It's just making sure that it's right. So, you know, we can all sleep better in 10 years. Yeah, I mean, we should be encouraging that. I mean, we talked a little bit about censorship, but I mean, we should be encouraging people to ask the questions, to spot the issues. That's how science gets better. That's how government should get better. That's how society should get better, is it? You know, we should answer the questions of those that are saying, hey, something's not right. Hey, something's not working. Um, and we should we should we should take it upon ourselves particularly, and I'm speaking to those people that are in power right now, not that they're listening to us. Uh, but if you're that person that's in power, you know, these people that are questioning things, that are asking questions, that are spotting issues, I mean, they, they can help you create better policy to create uh, more cohesive information, to close the information gaps, to get more confidence in your government policies. Look at some of the questions you're getting asked regularly that aren't, that are not, that the media is not allowing to boil to the top. And answer them, you know, truthfully. And if you do answer the questions that people have legitimate reasons for, they're going to be more confident in you if you give them a good, solid answer that makes sense. Uh, but people just don't trust when they don't feel like they're being dealt with fairly. And I think that's where a lot of people are right now is they feel like we're being given partial information. The explanations don't add up. They don't make sense. And nobody explains it. You, you got to be more transparent. You got to open up. And on the other side, that's where the opportunity is, is there's kind of this freedom loving people that want to be open and honest with each other and to allow things to be seen and to have this transparency. And that creates an op that creates that opportunity we talked about. What do you what do you see? We talk about, you know, we know that that trend is coming. There's people in, in investigating and investing more in that freedom, um, you know, freedom society, you know, freedom business. What do you see it as being and growing into? Is it, is it you know, what's, your, what's your thoughts on what it's going to look like? Well, I mean, there's, there's a whole ecosystem that's needed. I mean, obviously, one of the first ones, it looks like you're already jumping at it, is, is you know, social media. People want a channel where they can have open, honest discussion. And I got to think, you know, even the people that are pro, you know, centralized control and pro a lot of the measures that the government has done, they have to understand that you don't have a real social media working channel unless you have everybody from different points of view on there, right? Unless you can engage in spirited discussion and get to real answers. If you have a if you have an echo chamber, it doesn't function. So there's a huge opportunity there. Um, here in the U.S., one that's been talked about a lot is transportation, right? Like they're talking about you know putting a lot of these restrictions and. Um, countermeasures into the, you know, air travel, et cetera. So people have been talking about, can we create a system where, 
you know, we can not have a traditional airline, but, you know, maybe have charter flights or other things where we can transport people around who don't want to participate in all the testing and party bus. Yeah. Right. So that's an opportunity, you know, so there's just, you know, restaurants, you know, theme parks. I mean, there's a whole, basically every category of the economy now almost has an opportunity for a freedom loving alternative. Um, even lawyers, you know, I, that's my main job and I'm a lawyer. I help people structure businesses. There's people who want to deal with lawyers who get the freedom issues, right. That say, you know, what can we do? How can we embrace freedom within our business rather than having advice from lawyers that just say, Oh, we'll just do whatever the government says and don't question it. And, you know, they want to know that they're dealing with somebody who is going to fight for their rights and try to help them embrace freedom too. So there's markets for lawyers and accountants. I mean, there's a whole segment of opening opportunities right now for people that want to double down and say, I am the one that, you know, be part of your culture. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be part of your business ecosystem, whether I'm your customer or your vendor, but we're going to have freedom in our culture. And, you know, we're going to help you embrace freedom in your business culture. They have to be ethical and passionate and have compassion. I think they're, yeah. you know, are the things, there might be people that would go, well, we want to get into this freedom, but we're only doing it for the book. But I think when people are sincere about this movement or this culture, this whole new culture, you know, with soft skills involved in it and everything as well, I think, you know, if people come across like that, because people can smell BS now. Well, well I hope they can. there's a very ethical side to freedom, right? I mean, those of us that love freedom, you know, one of the reasons we love it is because it's grounded in ethics. You're not imposing upon people artificially, right? I mean, you know, obviously there's some constraints in society, right? We're going to have taxes. You're probably going to have a speed limit on the road. I mean, we're going to have some things that we need to all agree upon to function together. But those of us that love freedom are saying, we don't want to unnaturally impose upon people and take away their choice, to take away their religious practices, to take away their bold spiritual beliefs, to take away the way they want to raise their family. That is a higher level of ethics to me that we're embracing that individuality and we're not imposing upon other people. We're not forcing people to do things against their will because we're telling them to. That is a higher level of ethics. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are voting with their feet and they are, you know, a lot of times they'll, you know, I know people are paying a premium to go to restaurants or to go to businesses that embrace freedom. Uh, they, they don't, the money is not the most important thing, right? They want to, they want to align with other people. They want to cause a positive change in the world. So the ethics is a great piece because freedom is ethical. I think the movement, like I'm even visioning here that companies that want to embrace this will even have, you know, a sticker in their window with some sort of sign, which is a freedom sticker. And I think that's going to develop. I, I think there's, there's so much that's going to materialize out of it. And there's a lot of, you know, what, you know, when you're talking about, but there's a lot, there's a lot of money to be made in it as well. You know, if it's done in the right way. If it's done in the right way, not just one person, but of the whole, that whole, whole industry. Whole system. People are already looking for it. You know, and I've talked, I see people online, you know, that want to build databases and they want to have a list of freedom loving businesses that they can do business with, or 
you know, the opposite side is they want a list of all the businesses that are being draconian that aren't treating their customers yeah. nicely, et cetera. Right. So one way or the other, there's a whole market of people that are looking to align with the right people, which means, you know, if you're in this ecosystem of freedom, there's advertising opportunities, there's marketing opportunities. It's the whole, the whole gamut. Uh, the question is, you know, do, you know, do you believe that the differences are so fundamental that, that this is going to create its own ecosystem? And I think it is, it's already happening. And I think it's going to continue because like, I don't think this is a surface level issue. I don't think this just goes away. No, it's, it's, it's fundamental. I think the businesses that have thrown people out of their stores who are not wearing masks, they are the ones. It's going. This thing is going to flip. You know, it is going to yeah. flip, and they are the ones. I think are going to People's be the ones remember. that are affected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People will remember. People have long memories, and they know when they feel like they were treated badly or unfairly. And I think people will remember that. We could talk forever, but you know, we've we're, we've run out of time, unfortunately. Um, I've enjoyed that. It was a nice conversation, Sean. Really enjoyed that. I enjoyed it as well. I hope your listeners got something from it, get some new ideas, maybe inspire something, and maybe a handful more people will raise their hand and say, I'm on the side of uh, freedom and I'm, yeah. I'm ready to jump in because I think it is the right thing for the future of the world. And you, you nailed it there as well. There's people who are lurkers. You know, they're sitting there. They know this. They want this to change. They're just waiting for something to happen. I think you're you're right. You know, under yeah. Um, and, and I'm not faulting anybody that's in that category, right? No, there's a lot of pressure no, no. and a lot, and it's scary, but you know, there's a growing number of us. It's getting safer and safer for you to step out and then to help more people step out because, because together we, we we're strong. We're super strong. Ripple effect. I think it's yes. really the ripple effect and together we are strong. And that's where, you know, there's a lot of people out there when they listen to this show that I do and, you know, they, they come back to me and they'll say thank you i now feel i'm not alone i use an example that you know there was a guy who disagreed with everything that was going on there was a gang of people that disagreed with everything that was going on and again with mainstream and a guy came along and told them what was true and what they needed to do and mainstream didn't like what what he was saying and what he was these people were saying and they nailed him to a cross two thousand years ago yeah you know? and Sometimes we have to speak out and and stand up and without fear, without fear, because we know what is right. And the truth will eventually come out. The truth will eventually come out. Yes, it will. Sean, if someone wants to jump on, see some of your videos, you know, I you know you're you're very inspiring on Facebook as well. So look, you have the floor if you want to tell us where, where to get you. Yeah. Future Done Right is my YouTube channel, Future Done Right. And we talk about the future of business and how to do it right and how to build your business for the future. So I'd love... Love you go check out that YouTube channel, planningdoneright.com is my website. Just go there, scroll there, get on my email list. I send a lot of business tips, tricks, ideas, updates, you know, so go check that out. Um, and if you're more of a freedom-oriented person, you want to see what we're doing here in the U.S. for the fight for freedom, that's amfreedomii.com, American Freedom Information Institute, amfreedomii. Dot com. So, you know, folks, go check out any of those resources. We'd love to drop me a note. Um, people reply to my emails. I send out emails to people that are on my email list. You can always reply to them. And I sometimes get in nice conversations with people. So say hi. Let me know where you came from and say hi and uh, what's happening in your world. Maybe we can use your lessons to help this fight for freedom internationally. Sean, love to get you come on again. Let's, um, let's see if we come on in a year or so and 
see yeah. where this whole movement, uh, or not movement, this society, where, where it's going on. Where it's going I'd on. love to do it. Yes, let's look forward to it. John, God bless. Thanks, Joe. And remember, here at Dublin South FM, we're interviewing plenty of people around the world, conscious leaders, and that's why we have the Conscious Business Podcast, which is part of the Conscious Business Academy, offering purpose, profit, and prosperity in your life through soulful selling, mindful marketing, conscious leadership, and creative culture. If you want to reach out to me, it's joedalton.ie. You have an awesome week, and take care and look after yourself.